Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, welcome back to Eco Chic. Today's episode is our Eco Chic Wrapped of the Year. So in honor of Spotify Wrapped coming out earlier this week, I want to go through some of the data behind Eco Chic and reshare snips from some of our most loved episodes of 2023. Over the last five and a half or so years that I've been hosting Eco Chic, something that I've found so interesting is the data behind podcasts because a lot of the data is split up or brought in by different podcast apps depending on where you listen. And it's also interesting to see what resonates with folks on the apps versus what resonates and really kind of goes viral on social media. On a personal level, I really enjoy this because it forces me to think a little bit more deeply about topics that I may think I already know about. It encourages me to find speakers on more specific issues. It encourages me to ask deeper questions while I'm engaging in conversations for the podcast. And overall, I am just really proud of what EcoChic has brought out this year. I'm really, really proud of this show. I'm really proud of myself, frankly, how I've grown as an interviewer in the last year and a researcher. And I just feel really great about the year to come. I think that this year has been really helpful in kind of reframing some of the topics that we typically discuss, not just on the show, but within the sustainability community in general. I feel like we've gone so much deeper than just simply talking about reducing waste or just simply talking about conservation or whatever it may be. And maybe that's a theme that I could think of extending even to like mid-2020. I feel like there are things that we're just asking deeper questions about. The sustainability community in general isn't just focused on reducing waste anymore or conservation or whatever it may be. We're asking deeper questions about the why behind the systems that we're living in and what we're believing in. All that to say, I am, again, really proud of the show, but also really proud of the listeners. I'm really proud of the sustainability community in general. I feel like it's been an incredible year for learning, for growth, for reflection, and I'm excited to go back to some of these episodes with you today. All of the episodes I share today on this episode, like the little snippets I share, will be pulled from conversations that will be linked in the show notes, so you can go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't yet. Starting off, our most downloaded episode of the year was a conversation with Emma Hawkinson. She is the founding director of Collective Fashion Justice, a nonprofit working for a fashion system that upholds total ethics, prioritizing justice for animals, people, and the planet. I really enjoyed this conversation with Emma. It was titled Total Ethics Fashion and released in January. And what I liked about this conversation was that it encouraged me to dive deeper on topics that I thought I already knew about. 
So for example, on this episode, Emma and I discussed pretty in depth the concept of leather, not just vegan leathers or animal skins, but really discussing how we as consumers interact with materials in the fashion industry. So this was a really, really interesting topic to dive deeper on and to better understand her stance on. I think this is a conversation that I think back very often to because I personally learned so much about connections within the fashion industry and animal agriculture that I didn't realize before. Here's a clip of Emma from that conversation. I think my radicalization towards what I now call total ethics fashion happened in really three different stages. The first was actually about people. Um, I was in Cambodia and I ended up in the workshop of a brand called Dorsu, which is co-founded by two women. And one of them used to work in a Cambodian sweatshop and now was helping to run this really ethical business. Her name was Kunthia and she shared her experience of what it used to be working, you know, in a facility where women would have babies at their feet while they were working because they couldn't afford to have their babies anywhere else. And they weren't allowed to go out for lunch and they weren't allowed all of these things. And the day before I had brought a t-shirt that definitely would have been from a sweatshop like that. And it just really brought how real the impacts of my purchases are right into my face. So that was a huge first step. And then maybe a year later, I started to connect with the animal side of things. I started to consider kind of the discrepancy between how I viewed different animals because I was living in Sweden. Half of my family lives there. and I was being offered up to eat moose, to wear animals that, you know, we conventionally don't wear or eat in Australia where I live. And I felt really uncomfortable with that. And then I realised it wasn't really reasonable for me to have an issue with eating a moose if I was happy to wear a cow. And so that kind of speciesism came up for me and I decided that I didn't want to be fine with both. I wanted to choose to not be involved with wearing or seeing animals as commodities. So that was kind of the second part. And then I think once you've really got a sense of, I care about people and I care about animals more than profit, it's easy to extend that to the environment and go, well, we all need to live here and have a safe place to live. There's so much more in the world than the animals that we you know, see on farms and people. Biodiversity is huge. And so that was kind of the inevitable next step. And because I was working as a model, it all fell into a fashion framework where I was like, right, what I do now doesn't align with any of those values. So how can we change the fashion industry and get a little bit more radical? I mentioned at the top of the episode that data for podcasts is really interesting because while I have data on overall consumption, each individual app gets different plays and there's different data for each listening platform. So I also want to share the most listened to episode on Spotify, and that was a conversation with Megan McSherry titled Imperfect Environmentalism. This was a really special conversation for me because Megan is a friend of mine in the space. We have really become friends over the years. She's been on the show a couple of times before, and this was a very vulnerable moment for us to converse about what environmentalism looks like to her living with chronic illness and how that idea of a true environmentalist or a perfect environmentalist has evolved over time. Here's a bit from the episode. Imperfect environmentalism and sharing that on the internet started out of a place of shame. I was living my best sustainable life, taking the metro to the bulk store, going to the farmer's market all the time, carrying my compost around to drop it off, and then I got Lyme disease. 
I had to drive the half a mile to the grocery store because I couldn't carry my groceries back <laughs> to my apartment after the bags were full. I couldn't go on the metro anymore because what if I felt like I had to pass out? There were so many environmental things that I had to give up just to get through the day. And I was so embarrassed. I talk all about sustainability and how important it is. And here I am like using plastic, driving around all the time, getting all this medication in plastic bottle. I'm such a fraud. So I just started sharing very honestly. I was like, I'm not sustainable. It's not happening. This is what my life looks like right now. And people really resonated with it. Quick break to tell you about Caraway. The holidays are upon us and I'm all about giving consciously, giving sustainable items, really giving gifts that elevate someone's lifestyle. And Caraway is the perfect gift for everyone. Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home and comes in tons of modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic. Also, Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenware features chemical-free ceramic coating, so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. It really is good-looking, clean cooking. And there really is something from Caraway for everyone on your list. For instance, I'm gifting my mom their whistling tea kettle, and I'm gifting my sister their new stainless steel cookware for her new place. You've heard me talk before about how much I love my Caraway kitchenware. It's so easy to clean, it always looks good on the stove, and it makes cooking at home so easy and so fun. Why wouldn't I want a gift that experience to people I love? Make sure you order by December 15th to get their gift or yours under the tree in time. Visit carawayhome.com eco to take advantage of this limited time offer for up to 20% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners and won't last long, so visit carawayhome.com eco to get new kitchenware before the holidays. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Next up, I want to share our most shared episode via Spotify. This was a conversation with Alon Snyder. He is the director of Impact for Prime Store Development, a socially conscious urban real estate firm really focused on equitable, sustainable, community-driven revitalization. This conversation was titled Urban Revitalization and Sustainable Development. And it was a really cool one for me to participate because it was something that I am just interested in on a personal level. I really like talking about development. I very often refer back to like a previous life I had in local government. So I love talking about planning and community building and how communities evolve over time. And this was such a cool episode to see touch so many different kinds of communities. We really talked in depth about not just strategies, but real life case studies. Here's a clip. When you think about a truly sustainable community, what does that look like to you? I think a sustainable community is really a healthy community because to have a healthy community, you have to have the presence of opening green space. You have to have the presence of essential financial and healthcare resources and amenities. You have to solve for food deserts. You have to have healthy food options. You are thinking about energy burden and equitable infrastructure in terms of housing and affordability. As those things become more present, I think you see a shift in community and social context. Safety improves, right? Crime probably goes down. And now you start having more trust between individuals, more interaction between individuals on a day-to-day -day basis. The last hard data point around episodes of EcoChic this year that I want to share is our overall third most downloaded episode on any platform, and it's our most downloaded solo episode where it was just me discussing a topic. The episode is called De-Influencing, 
And this was an episode I was really excited to research and put out because de-influencing was a pretty viral trend on TikTok earlier this year, and I'm really thankful to see that the term has really stuck around. This was an interesting time to reflect on consumer culture on social media, and it was the first time that we really saw people questioning what was being pushed to them on Instagram, on TikTok, by influencers. Here's a clip from the episode. We're living in a time when media is getting more and more consumable, let's say. We are looking at micro content. When we look at TikToks, they are 15 seconds, a minute long, and Instagrams, it's a single photo, a single reel that you're seeing. You are consuming so much more content than we ever have historically because the content is getting shorter and shorter. And what does that mean? More content, more opportunities for creators to monetize that content. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with content creators. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have businesses, we all need to pay our bills. But I think the larger problem here is that very often we're being influenced to purchase things that we don't necessarily need because there are very many creators that will prioritize selling that product, monetizing that video over being authentic or being straight up with their audience and saying, I use this same single product for 10,000 things around my house. It is so much easier for them to show you a new product and create some new content out of showing you that new product and then selling you that new product. And it is this cycle of hyper-consumption, not just because we've been conditioned to consume more media, but that increased consumption of content means that we are consuming and looking at more products than we ever have before. We are being pushed onto more products than we ever have before. I feel like the trend of de-influencing is so powerful and gaining so much popularity right now because we really have not ever taken a collective pause to ask, do I actually need this? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Now, I mentioned at the top that there are some episodes that particularly resonate with folks on social media. So these are episodes that have either gone viral with the clips that I've shared of them or they've prompted a lot of conversation more than usual. So there are three episodes that I wanted to highlight during this segment of the conversation, episodes that really hit home for people, episodes that I received a lot of feedback on, emails, comments, where again, the clips really gained a lot of traction on the internet. And I think it's because they're topics that are not just utility topics, like immediately implementable things that you can do in your life, but they're also asking you to think more deeply about your habits already. So the first conversation I want to share with you as a quite viral conversational episode online is a conversation with Christy Drutman. She is the creator under Brown Girl Green, and she's also the founder of the Green Jobs Board. This was a really cool conversation about how to get a green job. Here's a clip. 
what is the skill that is most in demand right now in the green job workforce? Like the things that I've noticed that have expanded is people are looking for a lot more software developers. They're looking searchers and analysts, like people who can actually like read data and like do report building. There's not great comprehensive data in the climate space. And if there is, it's not really well communicated. I mean, I'm also saying with like development, people raising and learning how to like build up funds. That's just such an important skill to just have in the climate space, mostly because there is a lack of resources and it's not always like the most well-funded organization. The next conversation I want to share is one that particularly prompted a lot of conversation online that I got a lot of direct feedback on is a conversation with Teal Leto. She is the content creator behind Western Water Girl. This was a really cool conversation to discuss not just the water crisis of the West, but why water is in crisis in general, the historic backing of the Colorado River Basin, how indigenous communities are interacting with water today and how they have historically. What does it mean to have tribal rights to water? And then also we talked about some individual case studies that were really interesting to us. So the comparison of cities in Arizona versus cities in Utah or Nevada and how those communities are interacting with water, either conserving it or choosing not to. So this was a really cool one. And I think that this resonated with so many people because it's something that we talk about quite vaguely, a water crisis or a mega drought. But it was also a conversation that prompted us to think more deeply about why this situation exists to the extreme that it does. Here's a clip from our conversation with Teal. One in three homes on the Navajo Nation lacks access to basic drinking water. And like nationwide, about 48% of tribal homes lack access to basic drinking water. And it's really especially disappointing in the Colorado River Basin because legally, The tribes of the Colorado River Basin are entitled to about 30% of the water within the basin, so about a third of the water that's available. But a lot of those tribes are still fighting for that water in court. And even if they won the right to have that water in court, a lot of them don't have the funds to deliver it. So that water is like sitting in a reservoir somewhere and they just lease somebody else to use it because they don't have a pipeline to get it to their people. And the Navajo Nation has some of the largest water rights in the entire basin. All of those water rights date back to the dates that treaties were signed with those people. So they have very, very old priority dates, but they were not invited to the negotiating table when the Colorado River Compact was decided. So, um, yeah, a lot of those indigenous tribes are just like really lacking the access to water that they're legally entitled to. The last viral conversation that I want to highlight on today's episode of Eco Chic Wrapped is a conversation with our friend Lauren Bash. She's a content creator behind the handle Re Lauren. And this conversation was interesting because it's all about community building and plastics pollution and getting involved in politics. And I think the reason that this resonated with so many folks is that very often when you are involving yourself in sustainability and you're looking for community, it can feel really lonely. It can be hard to find like-minded individuals around you online or also in your immediate community, in your neighborhood, in your region. And Lauren gives some really tangible tips for how to find those spaces to plug into, to be energized from, and to really take action alongside. This was also a really cool conversation because she spoke extensively about some of the political activism that she's been involved in, especially around plastics pollution through these communities that she's plugged into. So it was a really cool episode, again, not only for tangible tips on how to find your community, but how to really mobilize with that community. Here's a clip from our conversation with Lauren. My number one recommendation is plugging into a community. When I joined Surfrider and I was surrounded by people who were brilliant and active and so plugged in, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I have so much to learn from y'all. And 
you remember that it's like, it's not a solo solution. So the weight cannot be on you. But when you see a community or even like dozens of environmental NGOs getting together, you're like, wow, look how powerful we are. In DC, one of my peers from Surfrider said, there's two ways to make change with a lot of money or a lot of people. And I think that's where I'll stop us today. Again, I'll have all seven of the episodes I shared today and I highlighted today linked in the show notes so you can go back and listen to them. And I'll also be recapping some of them on social media. And in the show notes, you can always find all of my links, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to connect. We do still have a couple of weeks of episodes coming out before the end of the year, so stay tuned for that. I don't mean to put out a wrapped implying that the year is over on EcoChic. I'm still really excited about the weeks to come. Make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss those. And I also really look forward to connecting with you more around the holiday season. Remember that there are episodes out on conscious gift giving, and there will always be resources, again, being shared on social media, especially around this time of year of hyper consumption. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for making this such a special year on the podcast. I really do appreciate not just your listening and your sharing with your friends and sharing with your family, but the encouragement and engagement to go a little bit deeper. I'm really excited about the guests we'll have on next year. I'm really excited about the conversations that we'll have. And I really do feel like we're just getting started. I feel like that's kind of funny to say five and a half years into the show, but it has really been such a special year of growth and reflection not just for me, but I know for all of us. So with that, again, thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next week. I look forward to hearing your further thoughts on the episodes I shared today. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.